Welcome if you're joining us for the first time. Awesome to have you here and see some faces that we haven't seen in a while. So good. Um, yeah, continue to pray. Uh, Mark is in Haiti getting wonderful reports um, from Haiti about the ministry that's happening there. So continue to pray. Kathy, when did they come back? Tuesday. Okay. Great. So continue to pray for Mark and the team in Haiti. Uh, that would be awesome. Um, if you haven't heard, we are sending a team along with the First Baptist Church to Mexico, August 5th to 8th, to build a home, and we can be praying for that. God's just doing some wonderful things uh, on the mission field for us to go out and, and impact the world with the gospel. So, Romans 12, 1 and 2, we're continuing on with our series on transformation. This absolutely incredible privilege we have as followers of Christ, to be transformed. The word is metamorphosis, right? Our word picture has been this caterpillar to a butterfly that is literally physically transformed. And so we're talking about transformation really since January. About what does that mean? You know, the what and then the how, right? So Romans 12, 1 and 2, we've been reading these together um, at the front end of each uh, message, and we're going to do that again today. So if you're there... Let's start reading in verse 1 of Romans 12. Ready? Begin. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the transformations that we have been celebrating this year together as individuals have heard Your Word and are are responding in faith and obedience. Thank You for the transformation that's happening in this church as a whole as we continue to be faithful to Your commission, to Your call, to Your Word the power of the Holy Spirit. So now, Lord, speak to us collectively and individually. And as always, our desire is that we would not just be hearers, but doers. And in the doing, Lord, that you would transform us more and more into the image of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Right. So, foundational, 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 really serious since the beginning of the year. Romans 1 through 11, the Apostle Paul was talking about this incredible thing called the gospel. Right? What does the word gospel mean? Good news. And what is the good news? Is that we can be reconciled to God through faith in Christ. By grace, right? Through grace, by grace, through faith, we rest in the finished work of Jesus. That's the incredible gospel truth that, that the Apostle Paul has been talking about in Romans 1 through 11. And then he says, well, okay, in light of that, therefore... This is what you need to do. And that's such a wonderful place to be, whether you've been walking with the Lord one day, ten years, however long, because sometimes we can kind of get a little bit overwhelmed, confused, convoluted with what we're supposed to be doing. Right? If, if, if someone came to the Lord today and said, hey, okay, I just put my faith in Jesus. Now what? What would you say? Hopefully you're learning. Well, you'd open up Romans 12, 1 and 2, and you say, therefore, and you read these verses. And if you've been with us or you go listen to the messages, you'll be able to explain these verses. You say, okay, therefore, now you're a new creation. You put your faith in Jesus. Now you have embarked 
on this thing called transformation. And all these things you see these people doing, reading their Bibles, bringing their Bibles to church, praying, coming on Wednesday nights, giving, serving. You see all of that that those people are doing? That should be coming from their heart as part of their transformation because a lot of people get it backwards. It's like, okay, you're a new believer. Yeah, okay, so here's what you need to do. Do this, 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 this. And new believers kind of are misled into emphasizing the doing instead of the transformation from the inside out. And so Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Hey, in light of God's gospel, be transformed. And primarily, look at verse, um, verse 2. Transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. It's a mental revolution, primarily through the Holy Spirit, through what is our ultimate source here? The Bible. God's truth. One of my key verses I love, First uh, Timothy 3.15, the church is to be the pillar and foundation of truth. This is what we have, Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship from day one. Our sole source of authority and truth is, is God's word. We've driven that stake in the ground. And, and when you come, my, my calling, my responsibility, which is quite weighty, is to accurately teach you what God says. Not my opinion, but what God says. And, and I told Bill, I said, oh, there's kind of liberation in that. Because as I study and as I try to discern and understand what God's saying, and then I teach it, then it's on you. <laughs> Isn't it? it then, it's, then, then, then that's just between you and God, what you do with it after we break the huddle, right? Ready, break, right? Whenever we get out of here and you leave, the huddle is broken, you got your play, Sent in from the coach. He said, okay, this week, based on, these, this, based on this passage, based on what you just learned, here's your playbook. So when we break, here's the route you run. Right? Here's the route you run with that issue of forgiveness. Here's the route you run with your finances. Here's the route you're going to run this week. So, so here when we gather, it's about learning God's truth. And then when we break the huddle, until we huddle again, either on Wednesday or Sunday... We go, we go out and we run the route. We run the route. That's, that's the joy I get. Because I preach the same message, and then it's funny. Sometimes, sometimes, three or four people will come up and go, did someone tell you what's happening in my life? I'm like, no. Well, how'd you know? I'm like, I don't know. I'm, that's the Holy Spirit talking to different people. One truth, one meaning, several applications. That's the joy. That's why I say come prepared. Come with something to write with. It's okay to write in your Bible if you're comfortable. If you're not comfortable, get a notebook. Get a piece of paper. Come prepared for God to give you the play. Your specific play based on His truth. What is the application? When we break at the end, we say, Amen. God bless you. See you later. That's the huddle breaking. Now we hit the line and we go. You've got to come prepared to hear from the coach what route you're going to run. Right? Because we're trying to advance the ball. Individually and collectively, we're advancing the ball, right? Now, the cool thing is we've learned on Wednesdays we already won, right? How many of you, how many of you have been, you know, channel surfing and you come across a replay of an old sports game, old basketball championship, old, yeah, right, an old something that's replayed, right? And it's all crazy and the crowd's going crazy and you're sitting there like, yeah, but I know who won already. That happened three years ago. 
Now, I'm enjoying it again. But I already know who won. So all the ups and downs and all that, I have such a different perspective because I'm not I don't get caught up in the oh, no, oh, no. Right. Sometimes it's a matter of perspective in our walk with the Lord. We get caught up in the day to day. Oh, no, oh, no. And that's real. I'm not minimizing that. But we got to pull back. And we got to go, oh, wait, we won. We won. And so it's a matter of perspective. And, and so this transformation we've been talking about is from the inside out, inside out. And we've been learning, turn to Hebrews 10, that it's to your right, several books to your right, after Philemon, Hebrews 10. The last several weeks, God has been really challenging us in the renewing of our minds regarding this thing we call church. Right? Church. And what is my role at church? And what am I supposed to do at church? And why do I have to go to church? Right? We've been really focused. There's been a theme on renewing our minds regarding the body of Christ and this thing we call church. Right? How many of you have been going to church uh, over 30 years? 40 years? 50 years? I'll stop there. Okay, because I know I'm giving away ages and I get like real close. <laughs> You've been doing church a long time. Some not so long. But why? What do we, we've been talking about why. What are we supposed to do when we get here? What's the purpose? Because if we don't know the purpose, it affects our motivation. It affects our enthusiasm. It affects everything. If we're not clear on why we're even here, right? How many of you remember this? Okay, all right? So if you grew up, right, you heard this, this uh, nursery rhyme we're going to call a rabbit. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Look inside, right? 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 And I said, well, that's kind of not... not biblically correct so i've been like on this crusade to change that to be biblically correct so we do this so everyone do this real quick right so this is biblically a little more biblically correct right here's a building say here's a building with or without a steeple you can put one on there if you want open the doors the church is the people okay so find yourself in there say hello self right the church is the people. Now, we go to churches. This, this is a nice church building. We understand that. But biblically, church meant assembly, a gathering. Okay, it's not even a Christian word. It's ecclesia. In, in, in cities, back in the day, when they had to take care of business, they would ring the bell or whatever they would do, and they would gather as an assembly, an ecclesia, and that's where we ultimately get the word church. So the church is an assembly, specifically in this context, of believers. We could be at, at the park, and it would still be church. Last night, we had a wonderful worship night in Miner's Oaks. That was church, because the church gathered. So we have to be very careful, even the renewing of our minds. Our, our words are very important. If your priority emphasis is to go to church, then perhaps when church is done and you leave church, that's why you have this compartment in your life. I go to church... I do church, and then when I leave church, I got my... I grew up that way. Diligently. In the, in, the, in the Roman Catholic tradition, we did not miss Mass. We went to Mass. But I'll be very honest with you. When Mass was done, and it was always done on time, it was... It was uh, all right! 
church is done. Back to my life. Because I went to church. Church was a location. I wasn't the church. I didn't understand that. And so now, this renewing of the mind, right? We are the church, primarily, the gathering. And so Hebrews 10, look what the church, look what he says. Huh? Look what he says. Just quick review. Hebrews 10, 24. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Turn to Hebrews 3, just a few chapters to your left. Hebrews 3, verse 12. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. See those verses right there? It says, hey, church, we're to gather. Don't give up the gathering. He's not talking Sundays. The early church gathered pretty much every day. And some people who were on the verge of going back to Judaism were getting kind of on the fence here. And that's who he's talking to. He says, hey, don't give up meeting. And he says, those who are meeting, you're supposed to be engaged in each other's lives. That word encourage is not, hey, good to see you. Good to see you. Nice shirt. Nice tie. A lot of times we like get real cliche in the church. And so, oh, yeah, encourage someone. Oh, nice hair. You know? That's not encourage. We learned the last few weeks to encourage someone. Other words are implore, plead, urge, comfort. What does that, what does all imply? I'm in your life and you're in my life. We need each other. Hebrews 3.13 says, so that your brother and sister doesn't even get a hardened heart. Last week we talked about people who drift and are discouraged. See, one of the reasons we're to gather, because when people gather, when the church gathers, how many of you are going through a trial? You don't have to say what it is. How many put your hand up? How many of you got a trial going on? I got, okay, my hand's with you if you're, if you're, now look around. You see the people who are supposed to help you with that trial? Are the people in this room. See, a lot of us, we live, it's our culture. We live in this isolationist mindset. There's this American value, it's called personal peace and affluence. Personal peace and affluence, right? Romans says don't be conformed to the world system. How many of us have bought into personal peace and affluence? Affluence is material comfort. Just give me, I just need to be materially comfortable. Personal peace is this. I'm sorry, bro. I got no time for you. Your stuff, I just, I just want to be left alone. I just need my space. It's a personal peace. A lot of us have bought into that. So we'll come to church and we just want our space. We'll fellowship, we'll do the potlucks, we'll go have donuts and coffee, nothing wrong with that. But this encouraging, imploring, comforting, visiting the gardens, going out of our way, being, being uh, you know, our schedules being turned upside down a little bit, going through the hassle of a worship, right? We had a great talk, is it worth it? Why? That's a lot of work to go to Saturday night. That would change our Saturday night schedule. Why should we even do that? See, 
biblically, we're to, we're, this whole, it, it goes right against this idea of personal peace and affluence. The body of Christ needs each other. Amen? That's scary. And that's uncomfortable. Why? Because that's the American culture we live in. We get our house. We build our walls. Right? And, and we just sort of have our little kingdoms. And then all of a sudden we read the Bible. It says the body, one part of the body can't say, I don't need you. Right? We all need each other. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh. Man, this, this church. I once said, I once heard. Someone told me. Somebody came here and visited and said they won't come back. And they haven't been back. Do you know why they're not coming back? Because you are too loving. It's weird, but if you're coming to church and you want your space, and, you, and this is too small, and people are really asking how you're doing and they really care about you, and they really remember your name, and they send you cards when you're not here. Ah. That's why people enjoy the megachurches. Nothing wrong with megachurches. I've served at megachurches. Megachurches, it's just a whole, 500 to 1,000 people in one room. If you want the personal peace, you can get it. You can get that. You know what I love here? And this is not to call anyone, but I just, I love... Watching progressions of people. We get visitors, and, and it's great. We love you. Keep, keep coming. This is us. What you see here is what you get. But I love when, when visitors come and they start in the back row, which is true. I've done that. But over time, they start to move forward. I'm like, sweet! you got one row to go. <laughs> Sorry, you got to fight ready for this row. It's just a marker that people are starting to feel comfortable. Another marker around here, just so you know, we always invite you to the fellowship hall for coffee and donuts. Initially, I'm, if I visit a new church, that would be kind of like, ooh, that's a little close. I thought church was done. Now I've got to go talk to people. Or I send Nadine in, hey, can you get me a donut and we can leave? <laughs> I've done that. I'm guilty, right? I went to this church in San Diego. Wonderful church. Real proactive church about, about folding in new people. Nothing wrong with it. But they gave you a little sticker. Like, you know, a welcome sticker. And I was cool and all that, right? Because you get a sticker, you get a donut. Because, you know, they had big things. So you, you, know, you pay for donuts. I'm like, hey, bring a sticker. I didn't realize the sticker was a marker. Hey, look for the guy with the sticker. Ah! <laughs> I'm like, what? I get it. That's cool. As a church, we're just supposed to be family. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not cliche. We mean that around here. We, we appreciate it. It takes time. It takes time. And if you want to sit in the back row, John, that's fine. You know what I mean? I know your heart for the Lord. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, man. Dale, you've been there for six and a half years. It's cool, bro. You know, you stay right where you are. I'm just, you know, I like to have fun with you. It, it's, it's relational. We love you because we love God. And we love one another. Jesus says we'll love. They'll know. They'll know. We're his disciples by our loved ones for another. We've been learning this renewing of the mind, and I get it. it it's, it's uncomfortable because the culture we're living pretty much is leave me alone. I'll call you when I need you. 
The problem is, oftentimes when we get in the valleys, we're still scared to call. We're still embarrassed. We're still prideful. We still won't wave the white flag. And then just layering this over weeks and weeks, so you, through Scripture, it's not my opinion, you read the Scriptures. I put them, there's a whole ton in there. Read them. And see what God does in your heart and your life about how you view church. Is it just a place you go to? Or is it something you're a part of? I love Ephesians 4.16. The church grows by every part doing its work. That means you. Turn to the person next to you and say, that means you. That means you. That means you. Right? That means you. And so... We've been looking at this at the relational level, but, but I wanted today, turn to Matthew 28. I wanted today to even take it back to sort of a more of a, what I call what we call around here a vertical level. What does Jesus say the church is to be about? Look at Matthew 28. Very familiar passage to those who have been in the church. It's called the Great What? The Great Commission. This is Jesus' last recorded words in Matthew, so they carry some weight. And he's speaking to his disciples, and he's giving them, based on his authority, a command. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Right? This is Jesus in his authority, having all limitless authority, right, sovereign. He says, hey, disciples, I'm about to leave. This is what you're supposed to do. There's only one command in there. Make disciples. Jesus' plan is pretty, pretty, pretty basic. Make disciples. Now, how do you do that? You go, and in your going, your everyday life, baptizing, which implies evangelism, right? You've got to share the gospel, teaching to obey. But we are to be making disciples. In the church, many of you who have been in the church for any length of period of time, the tendency is to focus on discipleship. Defined as my own growth, my own sanctification, right? When you make disciples, it's not just about discipleship. It's about discipling. He says, go make disciples. Who's he talking to? Believers. He doesn't say pastor. He didn't say pastors. Hey, start a church, throw up a building, call people to come, and pastors make disciples. He's talking to every believer. If you're a believer today, you are to be making disciples, which means you're to be sharing your faith, which means you can baptize people, which means you can teach people. You! Right where you are. If you've been in the church any length of time, here's the crazy thing. If you've been in this church since January... You can disciple someone about transformation. Just go through the notes. Who are you discipling? When was the last time you intentionally discipled somebody? 
When was the last time you shared your faith? Shared your faith. See, we are called as a church, the body of Christ, to be making what? Disciples. That's the Great Commission. Now, the problem is when we skew it and church is a place we go to and we're off, making disciples, is that the great suggestion? I think it's the great suggestion. Because Jesus knows, you know, he, he understands. So we turn the great commission, which is the command, make disciples is a what? Careful now, because if you say it. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint, then you have to say it if, if you believe it. Making disciples is a command. So making disciples is what? A command. Not a suggestion. What we're supposed to be doing all the time. All the time, not just Sundays. I love Jesus' multi-level marketing plan. And I shared this story years ago in the 90s when uh, that big multi-level marketing thing hit the church. I was at a big church, big church in San Diego, kind of new. This guy comes up to me, and I thought he was all friendly. Hey, you new here, right? He's all dressed up. I thought he was like a greeter, official dude, right? We chat, and I'm like, this is kind of cool. And then at the very end, he gives me his card. And the whole deal was to rope me in to come to his market, multi-level marketing spiel. See, he went to church because church was potential clientele was potential downline. That's what he was doing. He was using the church to market his business. He was using the church. Now, you may not be that extreme, but you and I may still use the church and may still use the people of the church because he didn't understand. Dude, it's not about you getting more people to come to your blue diamond, black diamond, whiteboard presentation. It's about making disciples. He didn't care about my, my relationship with Jesus. He cared this much. He just saw me as potential profit and loss. That's all I was to him. How many of us, even here, look around this room and say, how can I help Dwayne? Good to see you back, buddy. How can I help Ernie? How can I help Scott? Because we're to be making disciples. One another, not just new believers. Even here, we're to be making disciples. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. That's what we're called to do. This is what honestly keeps us as a church on track. On track. I've served at mega churches in Oceanside and San Diego, and there's a whole lot of programs and big Halloween things where we brought in elephants and go-karts and all kinds of crazy stuff, right? But they were very intentional. There was a reason. Part of it was evangelism for the community because they were to call make disciples. Very clear. There's a lot of ways. For us, I've been really blessed, but always challenged. Lord, are we staying true to what we're supposed to be doing based on his word? Make disciples. Make disciples. We teach to obey. We baptize. We've had wonderful baptisms here. People have been saved in this room. But it's all part of making disciples. In fact, if you're new, this is a great opportunity because I want to share, kind of walk through the history. This going and making disciples has really been since day one, right? This is our mission statement. Ohio Valley Christian Fellowship. Shai, can you kill the cans right here? Oceanside, uh, Oceanside. Ohio Valley Christian Fellowship is committed to what? Making disciples of Jesus Christ. 
as we love God, love the church, love our community and the world. See, we started in Cindy Swallow's living room with green, you can kill them all, with green lawn chairs. Green, and then when we went up, we went to white. And then in the way back, gray. We started around the table because there was 12 or 13 of our friends when I left community that weren't connected anywhere. And God put it on my heart, let's just connect. We're the body of Christ. We're supposed to be connected. And so we, we, we began and word spread. The church went out and word spread. We didn't do any advertising. And next thing we know, we're pushing this. We jokingly did that, right? Because at a certain point, God called us to start a church, an official church, 501c3. And I asked Tyler and Bill to come alongside. So we put this sign up on the door, which was kind of fun. We met Saturday night, right? Always had dinner. And then people came. People came, even people standing room. And it was like pretty clear that God was, God was moving. Why? Because we were committed to making disciples and preaching His Word. Loving one another. From day one. From day one. Right? Then, we say, okay, we outgrew Cindy's living room. We've got to find a place that can hold people so we can continue to make disciples. Talk to Pastor Lynn, get to know him. He graciously opens up and we start Saturday nights. Here. Saturday nights. There's our very first Saturday night service. So on Saturday nights, when people said it's not possible in Ojai to have a Saturday night church, people said it was going to fail. Faithfully, we said, no, we're committed to making disciples. So we started. A little while later, we decided God puts on our heart, it's time to go to Sundays. Sundays was a challenge because Pastor Lynn and their congregation met during this time. So we explored even other avenues, other venues, because we believe God was saying Sundays. It's time to go to Sundays. time to go to Sundays. You'll make more, you have an opportunity to reach out more. And make more disciples. The miracle, the miracle was that Pastor Lynn, in my going to him and sharing my heart, he was willing to change their start time of their church to accommodate us. That's unheard of. Like, in, in pastorhood, <laughs> him being willing to move his start time and, and disrupt his congregation for our sake was humbling. And so... They've been so gracious since uh, 2013, coming up on three years here. And because of that, many of you are here. Because Sunday mornings was an opportunity for you to, if it fit, make disciples because it fit more schedules. And if everyone was here and everyone shows up on a Sunday because of all the travels. But when we're all together, this place is pretty much filled. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now, in the growth and all the relationships and all the fun things we do, bowling, potlucks, barbecues, all this kind of stuff, the key that keeps us rooted and grounded is the Great Commission. Amen? We are called to make disciples. Make disciples. Period. Now, how? As we go, baptizing, teaching. But the, the, the Great Commission keeps me tunnel-visioned on everything that trickles through. I get a lot of good ideas and a lot of good suggestions about what we can and can't do or should do or shouldn't do. And I always filter, Lord, is that, how does that fit the vision? The vision? How does that fit the Great Commission? Is that part of us? Is, this, is it the timing for us? Is it the timing? And so we moved here, right? And uh, in that, since day one, we were at Cindy's, so thankful for Cindy to open home. Saturdays, so thankful to have a place to call home. 
shift to Sundays. So thankful to have a place to call home on Sundays. But in the back of our mind, as a leadership team, always wondering and praying, Lord, are we ever going to get our own place? Are we ever going to get our, our place? Not that we need a place to make an idol, but are we going to ever... Are you ever going to open an opportunity for us to make disciples in another place? And um, I think we're just going to shift gears here. We have come to a place today where we're going to shift a little bit. And um, if you can go get Tina, that would be great. Um, We have to have like a little family discussion here. And I'm going to tell you right at the bat. Go ahead, Chai. You can fire for like... um, there's going to be a whole lot of people who aren't here. They're going to be like, oh, man. I wish I was there on that Sunday. The truth is we're going to do this and then an expanded form next Sunday again. Okay? Um, but there, there is a reason we need to have this meeting today. And next Sunday, Tyler will be back. And we're looking forward to, to sharing what we believe is God's vision for us. But we need to have a family meeting today. And I'm going to actually down. Shift gears here. Um, because we are at the place where we believe God has answered our prayer for our own facility. This has been a years, years, years in the making. And um, with the time and, and again, out of sensitivity, uh, we're going to do kind of the condensed version and then next, next week we're going to broaden it out. Over the, the past several years, again, since day one, but when we come here, and, and always, always blessed by Pastor Lynn, always blessed by their graciousness, but always seeking the Lord um, for His timing and His provision. Uh, in the last several years, there have been different opportunities, different facilities that we've been made aware of. We've explored some options, even very recently. And, and, our, and our calling and our, our responsibility as shepherds is to, the Bible says we're to shepherd the flock of God, which is heavy responsibility. It's stewardship. It's, there's a lot of factors go into that, timing and all of that. So, we uh, believe, and it's, it's been confirmed in, in different ways, um, that we were called to seek out a facility and just wait on God. Do our due diligence pursue things, go visit places, have conversations, um, and seek the Lord. The incredible, 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 supernatural miracle that happened in the process of us seeking and praying is that God's provision came. Financial provision came before we even have a place. God put it on the heart of, of individuals and uh, by faith, uh, God's provision has come uh, to Ohio Valley Christian Fellowship. We didn't have a place yet. <sighs> okay, Lord. Wow. Wow. So, uh, like two months, last two months or so, really. Um, in the last two months, three months, since Easter-ish, um, we were made aware of uh, a transition and a change happening at the Lutheran Church on Grand Avenue. Lutheran Church of Our Redeemer, which is a quarter mile east of Chad's church, uh, Grand Avenue there. Some of you lived in Ohio, you're like, I didn't even know there was a church out there. 
right? You know, like, I don't go past there. Um, long story short, their, their congregation came to a place where they no longer uh, felt they needed the facility, and um, they're in the process of, of working through that. Um, but that facility became available, and we had some uh, wonderful discussions um, with them. Many of you may know Bert Rapp, um, and they're ultimately leading up to uh, a wonderful uh, meeting with their elders. Um, and there's the business side of, of real estate and, and all of that kind of stuff. But in the end, our heart was, to, it was a kingdom. It's all God's kingdom. And uh, to the best of our, our discernment, um, we made an offer um, based on God's provision. So they came back with a counter. And then we met and they said, well, okay, you got our counter and, and, and where are you guys at? And this is where we were, just, just so you know our heart. We have God's provision. We felt very strongly, unanimously, that should God provide a place for us, the place for us, we would not go into debt. We would not go into debt to secure a facility. God provided financially. We're of the conviction, no, let's, this is who we are. We're not going to go into debt. So we made them the same offer. And uh, they accepted our offer yesterday. That's why we have to have this powwow today, because we know Ojai. And, <laughs> and we, out of respect to you, we wanted you to hear it from us versus through the grapevine. Um, go ahead, Chai. That's the church right there on Grand Avenue. It's on 4.3, 4.8 acres. 4.8 acres. There's a big lot right behind it. I'll show you an aerial view. Uh, this is from Grand Avenue looking at, looking at the facility. Um, and, and just so you know, uh, the offer that we made and that they accepted was significantly less than what the appraisal was. The offer that we made and the offer that was accepted was $800,000 for 4.8 acres in the building. God has provided for us not to have to be any debt. Yes, that's it. That's, that's like, so, yes, <laughs> that, that, I, I, yes, I, absolutely mind-numbing. Just, and yet, I talked to someone yesterday, and they're like, why are we surprised? If he can meet your daily, monthly needs... If he can pay your gas, it's just a scale. God owns it all, right? Why are we so surprised? Um, so, so just so you know, um, uh, by faith, we said, no, God provided. And we just, by faith, believe he'll provide the place that we won't have to go into debt and carry that to the body. Um, and, and there it is. Um, it's about almost double this size in, in, in the interior. We've not been there. Um, Wonderful potential to do what? Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen, Make disciples. Go ahead. Right? See, we, we understand buildings matter, but you know why buildings matter? Because people matter. Amen? The buildings are tools. The buildings are resources to make disciples. The buildings are not idols. The buildings are not our building, especially this one. We can't claim anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Typically, there's a thermometer, and we fill up the thermometer, right? And there's a big building campaign, and then that can kind of create some ownership. Like, we did this, 
God's like, no. Boom. Just take care of it for me. Just take care of it. Which is what we've been doing here, amen, as, as renters. We, we hold this very lightly and we take care of it because we're so grateful to Lynn. So there's, we hold this very carefully. That? Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> and, and so we have this, this wonderful opportunity. Just so you know, um, uh, if you don't know, but reminder, since day one, when we incorporated as a church, one of the things we put into place was an accountability board. An accountability board is a kind of a safety net measure where there's three pastors. One of them's not in full-time ministry right now, but I still consider him a pastor. I served with him on staff in Oceanside. He's still very pastoral, very wise. Uh, one's a senior pastor in Colorado. One's a pastor up in Tracy. These are accountability boards. They have been on board with this church since day one. So there's, a high, there's an accountability that I have that's not even just to Bill and Tyler. And, and their role is to be in the loop and to know what's going on. The accountability board has been in the loop for years. And, and they have given me counsel, wisdom. Just so you know, I spoke with each of them at length yesterday. And they're, these are church guys who know building campaigns and finance. And they're like, what? What? Wow! <laughs> and, and, and unanimously, they're just so excited. For you, for us. They, they thumbs up. They, one of them wants to know, when are you doing the service? I want to come. Oh, yeah, no, dude, you're going to come. We're flying you out here. You know, you're all going to be here for this. Um, uh, so an offer was made and accepted. Okay, with, with those, I just want to share our heart. Those, are the, those were the convictions and, and that God had put on our heart as stewards of his money. Um, Bill... Uh, has been and will continue to run point um, just his gifting in his heart and his stewardship and his business background and things. Come on up, Bill, and, and, and just if you want to add anything, you can you can add what you want to add. escrow tomorrow, uh, and then uh, pray, because anything could happen. Uh, I was reminding uh, Tyler and Richie, is, uh, I have a couple of, of commercial buildings that are for sale right now, and, um, and one of them, uh, when I had my accident in, in February, one of them was in escrow, and the, and the owner said, oh boy, he's not capable, so I'll tell you what, let's just, we'll just hang with it until Bill gets better. And, and uh, so I thought, okay, when I was able to think clearly, I thought, oh, cool, the guy really does want to buy this building. 
Um, and on the day it was to close escrow, he bailed. So being in escrow doesn't mean that Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship is going to move into this building. I just want to make that clear. Although, everything is in place. Amen? And there have been people on both sides of this equation that have been praying. And this has been a three and a half year odyssey for us as we have been praying for what to do and where to go and God's provision. And he's made it. And the Lutherans uh, have, have been very similar uh, to the Westlands. Uh, they embraced us and sold us a, a, a property for a, about 50% of its market value. Um, uh, that's pretty... That's, that's pretty godly. And so pray over the escrow. Pray that God would continue to line up all of the nuts and bolts that, is, that are required uh, for this to close. And, uh, and I will be, again, running point um, from, a, from a church business point of view uh, and keep you updated. I mean, this is exciting stuff. <laughs> I mean, who, who, who knew? Who knew? So it's exciting, and, and I'll run the points, and, uh, and we're going to go through the process. Uh, the money is in the bank. The crazy thing is, is the money is in the bank. Uh, and everything is it's there. It's, it's, it's just like God is just saying, okay, do the legal stuff that you've got to do. But there it is. So, and that's all I really want to share. Okay. So, uh, as Bill said, um, we're, we're, still, we're still walking by faith. If you've been in escrow, you know. John, you know, right? Until it's done, it's not done. Day 60 plus one. Woohoo! <laughs> right? Um, but until then, we do ask you to pray. Uh, are we enthused? Yes, but I call it tempered enthusiasm. Uh, do we have dreams? We've walked it a few times and, yeah, bah, 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 bah. you know, I'm like, I'm a picture guy. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. I see kids. I see families. I see, you know, barbecue, whatever. Um, all, yes. So um, we're, we're enthused, uh, and as, as things progress and as we get closer, there's going to be a lot of vision and a lot of opportunity to roll up our sleeves and, and be excited about where we might be in the fall, All right? It's a, it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. But that's why I wanted to show you the pictures. Shai, can you go all the way back to the green chairs? Because we've got to maintain our perspective. See, God was discipling people in green chairs. We were making disciples in green chairs. Now, if we go to the other facility, we're still going to disciple people. Now, the chairs will probably be a little more comfortable, right? And there'll be a little more elbow room, but we're still going to be doing the same thing. Amen? We're going to be making disciples. We're going to be true to His Word. We're going to love God. We're going to love one another. And we're going to joyfully... My prayer is that joyfully we drive a stake in the ground so long after we're at heaven, the next generation and generations will use that in this valley because of the legacy and the foundation that we, we have the privilege of putting into that, not just for us, but for the generations that will come after us. That's what I'm looking forward to is, is, is following Jesus with you and serving and, and reaching this valley. In fact, here's another view of it. This is the aerial view. This is looking down. See all that green? 
That's part of the property. That's the other four acres. <laughs> but look at Acts 1.8. You'll receive power. These are the very last words Jesus spoke before he went boop, up into heaven. This is the very last words, recorded words. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, we got Mark in Haiti. We're going to Mexico. But I wanted to show you Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. Go ahead. There it is. It's called the Ojai Valley. See that little red thing? That's the potential new facility. But there it goes all the way down to Casita Springs. Do you see? That's the vision. The, the, the facility is so that we can make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. That's our, this, is, this is where we're planted. This is our field. That's what I'm enthused about. This is what I'm excited about. Is the potential for lives and families and marriages to come to Jesus and be healed and reconciled and be transformed. Amen? And we, we get the privilege of doing that together. And, and I love the way that, that God has done this because if someone says, well, how, what, what? Literally. I, okay. And, and, and that's where we are. That's our heart. I uh, just wanted to, to share that with you. Um, and, and what we're going to do next week is we're going to review this for those who couldn't be here. Uh, respect to them. And then we're going to share next week, we're going to go in to share more of the vision, of ministry type of vision and, and what God has put on our heart moving into the fall. It should we get this, and even not, even, even if we're here. See, one of the things that, that, that's been very, uh, as we've sought, we've been very blessed, and we're like, Lord, but you're doing great works here. Many of you are plugged in this year here. So, so sometimes churches look at, well, if we build it, they will come, right? They have that. If they, we built. We're like, they're already coming. And God's already moving and lives are already being transformed. If you just open up another place, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and celebrating what God has already been doing for six and a half years. Nothing at the core biblical level, theological level is going to change just because we change addresses. We just have more elbow room space. No more breaking down, Scotty. <laughs> right? And so we do ask you. We do ask you to pray. We do ask you to pray. Tempered enthusiasm is, is kind of where I'm at. I'm like, woo, you know, um, sixty days, you know, get a little calendar, <laughs> cross them off, cross them, and we'll keep you updated again next week. A uh, bit of a review uh, to bring everyone up to speed, and then next week more of a, a vision, a vision casting of uh, of where we are. Um, yeah, you know, you know what we're gonna do. Let's, let's just do this um, because of time and I want to be sensitive, sensitive to Lynn. Um, we're going to do communion, right? And then uh, we're going to, uh, we'll sing one song and I'll tell the band what we can do. But in this time of communion, what, what I'd really like you to do is come all the way back. You know, don't focus on that, okay? In fact, Shai, we, could, we can bring that down. Let's go all the way back to why do we make disciples? Well, because God opened our eyes to the truth. And we're a disciple. When he says go and make disciples, he's just like, hey, go out and share the good news of what Jesus has already done in your life. 
right? It's kind of like this. If I'm Jesus and he comes and he comes and follows me, then he's supposed to go get someone to follow him and follow me too. So just go get somebody. Get somebody, right? So, so we're going. Now here's the crazy thing. Bill doesn't stop. He keeps going. To get, and now you go get somebody. Go get somebody. Go right there. He's right here. Here's somebody. He's going. Right? So, so here's the thing. This making disciples. Come on. This making disciples is just going to get people to follow. It's like the 4th of July parade. You go out on the sidewalk and you say, come on. Come on. You can't walk. I'm sorry, Marvin. Come on. You know, it's okay. No. You can be a disciple anyway. Right? This is what it is. Making disciples as you follow Jesus is just all of us keep going getting people into the parade. It never stops. Just because he got one, he doesn't stop. He keeps doing it. Right? Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, round of applause for the disciples, right? That's the vision. Now, here's the crazy thing. Why do we do that? Because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. What's our sole motivation? What's our primary motivation? God's love. And that that I'm saved. That I'm a disciple. Go make disciples. Oh, wait, I am one. Yeah. Just go get people and tell them to come follow Jesus with you. Let's go. And so when we take communion today, let's just remember that the Great Commission begins with who we are in Christ. Because of God's grace. Because of God's grace. Alright, so let's pray together. Lord, thank you. For your grace. And Lord, as we celebrate your provision and the possibility of a new facility, Lord, communion is not about that. Jesus says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So Lord, we even temper our enthusiasm for a building by reminding us that it goes back to the cross. And so we take communion in remembrance of you, Jesus what you did for us. Loving us so much. So we take this time out just to reflect. We're going to be distributing the cups today and and you can hold the cups and we'll take communion together. Jesus, now, we thank you for your provision. We thank you for the miracle of what lies ahead of us. But Lord, thank you for the miracle of salvation. Thank you for the miracle that we are as we sit here as your children. And that is what we remember today. Hey, uh, one word of encouragement. Uh, The last time that Lutherans held a service there was Easter. So if you happen to drive by, wink, wink, just understand the condition it is in, the condition it's been in since Easter, basically. Uh, So, you know, I just forewarn you, right? Um, Just so you know, it's not really been used since Easter. Um, If you go there, please respect the the neighbors. You know what I mean? Like, honey, there's a whole lot of people over there, you know. Uh, Just be respectful. Pray. The the most important thing is, like, what should we do now? Pray. Pray, pray, pray that God's will be done. And uh, together we'll we'll embark on this journey together. Can we do that? Amen. Come on over to the Fellowship Hall. Uh, We'd love to have coffee and donuts with you.